0: Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi and welcome to the Well Life Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All. It's me, Liberty, and I'm joined again today by my good friend, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hello,
1: how are you? (laughs) I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I worked out today, though, that I have made 337 meals in (laughs) Lugda.
0: Oh, (laughs) my.
1: I was totally bored and I was just like, what the hell? Why can't I think of what not to make? I just couldn't think of anything to make. Oh and then Rick gosh. walked up to me and said, do you, know, you realise that um, one person is 135 meals times four of us? You've made that many meals. <laughs> That's, <gasps> That's a lot of meals, isn't that? Uh, yeah, I tried to
0: um, get Wilf to make his own meal yesterday because he decided he wanted scrambled eggs. And he just sort of cracked an egg onto the floor, which almost did my... It just I don't know. I was just like... <laughs> I was like you're almost 12 and you can't even crack an egg and he was like Which well he I can thought, cook okay. yeah I know I just think we were all uh lost it a bit yesterday it was a bit of a down day but um yeah he will live to crack another day so to speak but um he said I can crack an egg you just made me nervous so I've decided that they need to get a few more skills because I'm really bored of cooking for everyone and he wants a scrambled egg. Wolf wants a poached egg. And so, yeah, it's it's everyone come and get whatever I've cooked. But 337 meals. I definitely have cheated a bit. You're much more of a cook than me. So I don't think
1: I've made that many meals. I know. I mean, that is the thing. I do try to. But even somebody who likes to <laughs> cook, I'm still getting a bit like, Jesus, what what next? And somebody, I, I think I, I served up quiche today. And somebody went, what, oh, quiche again? I'm like... <laughs>
0: don't
1: Ah. even go there oh my god
0: there's one thing (laughs) it is your meals though Kat. you do make amazing well life tribe lunches for us and so actually i could work out how many of those i've missed in lockdown it must be about what 300 (laughs) days
1: (laughs) Evan.
0: i'm definitely not as healthy for having missed those lovely veggie lunches but yeah where are we week six week six
1: seven aren't we seven Yeah,
0: yeah. still here but we're about Um, to
1: hear some news I guess on Sunday and uh waiting for the announcement
0: yeah Um, I was talking
1: to my mum earlier and it's kind of like um even though
0: there will be some changes it's like it's going to be so sort of slow it's not I don't know there's this idea I think in my kids heads that you come out of lockdown and just go back to everything like it was before and that couldn't be you know further from further from the truth but I mean any any little change will be very welcome so we'll see what happens but I've been finding pleasure in really small things like literally we've got tadpoles and they started <laughs> so, to do you, get
1: How you get tadpoles a lot <laughs>
0: you're actually allowed if you put them back where you got them from you're allowed to take them out of uh we've got a massive massive it's called the blue lake a massive pond near the motorway here which used to be at a farm until they put the motorway through the middle of it and you're allowed to take a couple and um as long as you release the uh the, the frogs back where you got them from so we brought a couple home and we're letting them swim around in a big tank and um they've got legs today mm. so that's exciting that i knew we were to do that <laughs>
1: Well no we found a couple of frogs in our garden this week. Mm. Weird but um, yeah well let me know how that goes.
0: <laughs> yes and I've been growing my succulent plants which I also find they grow so quickly it's
1: quite satisfying to go and have a look at how they're coming along and um, you've been planting a bit too I've haven't you? I've been planting yes I managed to uh, do my Saturday morning escape and I got to a garden centre Uh, which weren't which wasn't open, but were selling plants outside. Ah. So I was just like, I grabbed a few tomato plants for you. And I actually spent Saturday doing that. It was really quite therapeutic, and nobody else in my house likes gardening. So everybody left me alone and I had me time, me, me in the soil, me digging.
2: That was really nice.
1: I think I'm appreciating all those things that I don't normally have time to do. And now Mm. I'm just kind of cracking on and just enjoying things I just you know I've always liked doing but now I'm mm. just doing them a bit more because yeah there's not much other choice <laughs> I did do a um my neighbor over the fence we did a social distancing over the fence Friday night out on the driveway oh. <laughs> Oh, did you have a dance? <laughs> well, we all sat like miles apart on these chairs, just they were having a drink there and we were having a drink, you know, like, in the end, like three of us ladies were like sat there for like three hours, till we couldn't <laughs> see anything, but we saw bats, <laughs> we were like, oh, I, think so. I, think, I can't see your face, but I think we should go in now, <laughs> but that was like a fun night at the weekend, you know, like just to have a bit of interaction with somebody else who doesn't live, yeah. or whatever. But today... We have a special guest, don't we? We do. We have a very good friend
0: of yours and coming all the way from Wales, which uh, Claire, I actually thought you were from, but you are not. You're from Nottingham and have known Cat for a very long time. Claire Jacqueline, we are joined by today. Claire, you're a personal stylist. Hello.
2: Yes, I am. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks
1: for coming and <laughs> talking, talking really to posh. us. You're not that posh. Come on, Claire. Ah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, well,
2: I, I don't sound posh when I get really angry. I go very, um, very Nottingham. Um, but yes, I'll, I'll try and contain that right now. I'm not cross. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm in a good place today. <laughs> Claire,
0: we want to know all about what you do.
2: So, Okay. Yeah. Um yeah so I'm a personal stylist um I have a whole background in fashion I see private clients and I yeah I love what I do um it's it's very much about helping people that's the bit that I really enjoy um I've actually taken on recent well I'm coming to the end of a counseling skills course because I seem to get into conversations with my clients that go way past clothing, and it's actually that's the part that I enjoy the most it's sort of the psychology behind style and how we feel about ourselves our self-esteem our self-confidence and that's the bit I I really really love about my job
1: yeah that must be quite interesting at the moment because everybody in lockdown has been in pyjamas <laughs> not <Yes. Claire. laughs> not me no 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 um,
2: the, the days I have uh, stayed in my gym kit I I do notice my productivity goes down but you know we are all different and we have to respect individual difference just because it makes me feel better to get up and get well I don't get up very early that's something that I do envy cat on um, <laughs> When I do get up, I do get dressed, um, you know, today is a great day because obviously I'm doing this, so I've got my favorite dress on, I've got my lipstick on, and I feel different to the days that I remain in my gym kit, I'm less productive, my mood is lower, so for me personally, it is a tip and a trick that helps me be more, feel, feel myself, feel more productive, feel more on top of my game, um, but I do appreciate it's not for everybody. Um, I just think that it does help. It really does.
1: Yeah, and I agree. It, I yeah. think I'm not dressed up, like Well, if I, cause the first couple of weeks of this, I did stick to tracksuit. And I'm not like totally out of a track suit, let's say, but um, I wasn't making much of an effort and I'm starting to make a bit more effort and I am feeling better as well.
0: Yeah, mm. I, I
2: had to approach lockdown as, uh, at first I really struggled because I felt trapped. I felt like my job had been taken away from me. My freedom had been taken away from me a little bit like a child, I suppose. I didn't, I just, I freaked out. I don't like to be trapped. I'm very much a free. I love buzzing around. I love being busy. So for me, my way of coping was to make each day a work day still. And that's how I personally coped with it. And, you know, My exercise, thank God, my exercise classes very quickly moved to online because I'm a real routine person as well. That's another coping mechanism of mine. So my Monday, Friday um, exercise classes, thank goodness to life Fit Wales have remained. um, And that's, that's enabled me to keep a bit of routine. And then the other days, you know, like I say, that's the work. They're the days I often can morph into not getting dressed into proper clothing and I'm less productive.
0: Mm. It is true, actually, because I'm like the polar opposite of you, Claire. <laughs> so Well, actually, yeah, I, I'm da- I get up really late. Good tip. Um, <laughs> sometimes I don't have a shower till the evening because I think, oh, well, I'm going to work out in a minute. Then I don't work out. So I go get, some, so I'm walking around in the smelly gym kit. Then I realize I haven't had a shower. And I'm. Um, Uh, I'm just pretty disgusting, actually, and not every day. You need
1: to come back to work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you stinker. Uh, (laughs) Please, yeah, it comes when you've had a shower.
0: (laughs) I um, get to the evening and I think, oh my God, I didn't get up. I didn't actually work out. I still haven't had a shower. Mm. And now I just want wine or Ah, Percy Pigs or something. And that's not every day but that's my worst days. But on the days when I do exactly the opposite of that, Oh my God. I think, what the hell was I doing yesterday? Um, like you've got workouts online and speak to my trainers and say, you know, I've, I did it. I did this today. I did that. And Oh my God, that, you know, the boost of that. Then, go and have a shower actually be dressed wearing clothes which aren't my gym kit and it's a totally different vibe isn't it I get a million things done um I haven't worn makeup for a very long time but I'm kind of excited about the day when I do go and put some makeup back on I'm kind of I'm keeping it as a treat you'll feel like a clown you'll be like whoa
2: this muck on my face I
0: can't wait yeah it's a a bit
2: clownish today actually you know I myself in this Zoom, I'm like
0: what the hell you look amazing I actually saw you pop up and thought oh no
1: (laughs) she looks so nice I think Um, colour it's
0: colour for me you do
2: notice things about a how insane you actually are during lockdown (laughs) and b the things that you love and I really really have relied heavily on color i've got a new obsession with yellow it's not actually one of my best colors it's i look pretty awful in it but i love it so i'm gonna wear it and it really makes me happy it honestly and i have lent so heavily on color i do sound a bit insane saying that but it's true i just i really have needed a lot of color because when i'm wearing something colorful and cheerful and bright that reflects in my mood or it helps lift my mood um, mm. So I've really avoided black recently. Um, I've just mm. had to have like some bright colours on. Like this dress is awesome. It's all loads of that crazy colour going on. But it does help me. I'll
1: mm. tell you one thing though. I haven't put on a pair of jeans the whole time. Yeah, I'm a bit scared about it. a bit scared. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just pr-
0: do some mental
2: prep on that. It could go one way or the other. <laughs> I know. I <I'm laughs> about myself
1: a bit about that.
0: <laughs> yeah that's what I'm not looking forward to it's funny because my sister has a baby and every time I FaceTime her the baby's so dressed up she looks gorgeous she's only like six months old but she has all these beautiful dresses and she said she's growing so fast if I don't put all these beautiful dresses on her she'll never get to wear them and what's the point in saving them and I thought well that's true really for all of us we should all be wearing you know what are we waiting for (laughs) when will we get out it it, it lifts you i felt so lifted seeing her and going oh my gosh holly she looks so beautiful and then i thought we should all try a little bit of this because it it is it's it's uplifting and that's where your work and that kind of the lifting the uplifting that feeling good about yourself that's where styling has come on so much further than sort of personal shopping or just that kind of that vibe where oh I'm too lazy to buy my own clothes it's actually sort of nurturing the soul and raising the confidence isn't it that that good feeling yeah
2: absolutely and I think I've I've worked really hard on trying to lift the stigma on a personal stylist I think there is a real stigma of it being for the rich and famous and for it to being really unaccessible and my whole uh, social media is what you see is what you get. I'm really real. I'm really raw at times. I'm really honest. You know, I'm just a mum. I'm 43 years old. I'm the last person to get dressed in my house. You know, I don't buy designer clothes. Um, I'm a high street shopper. Mm. I, you know, my kids come first. They have way nicer clothes than I do. How that happens, I don't know. But I really, really wanted to work hard on making styling accessible for anybody that wants it because stylists I think you know back in in the day I'm not going to mention names but there was a lot of damage done and especially with word the language that they used you know I think it terrified people I think they, they yeah. seemed really terrifying people um that you were going to be cut to shreds by so yeah. I've really really worked hard on just saying hey look you know I'm here to help and made it as affordable as possible and obviously demographics have you know the prices that I charge here in Cardiff to what somebody charges in London, they're significantly different. But you know, I've just tried to make it accessible and very, very easy and non you know, non-terrifying for want of a better word. Mm.
0: And have you ever experienced that kind of um those kind of struggles for yourself where you've I mean to come to this kind of work did you come on a path where maybe you were underconfident or had issues with your image or any of that kind of stuff? Has it been a learning curve for you too?
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've got a string of issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I've been a sorry, I'm, I am four foot 11 and three quarters, which is 152 centimeters. And I would like that marked down somewhere and wow. recorded. So I am under five foot. And I have been a size 12, which on somebody under five foot looks a lot larger than a size 12. You know, size 12 is a wonderful size to be. And I hate talking in sizes. You know, I am not interested in if you're a size 16, 18. I don't care. It's who you are and if you're happy. But I've been a size 12 and I have been a size 4. And, uh, yeah, I've had massive issues along the way. I lost my mum at the age of 20. Um, she had breast cancer, which spread to her liver. And I was, it was during my teenage years. So I was doing my G- GCSEs and A-levels during the time she was in and out of remission and then died. Um, my parents had divorced as well during that time. When I was 17, uh, the family home got sold. So mm. I was, in effect, homeless because I didn't actually speak to my dad for eight years which a lot of people don't know um so yeah I took myself off to university uh, basically without any parents because I didn't speak to my dad I didn't have a family home and um off I went to university a very lost and insecure and confused person so yeah I've had many many an issue and I think that's partly why I am so passionate about helping people, because, you know, I've been through quite a lot, and, you know, I've had a lot of help, a lot of counselling, not ashamed to say that, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's been a lot gone on, really, and it's, I can honestly say my teenage years were the worst years of my life, um, wow. they were dreadful.
0: Awful. Where, where, where did you get your strength from to keep going through all that? Because I think as a mother, people experience those kinds of things and they've got kids or someone who depends on them and they find it that's their reason to keep going. But as someone so young and so inexperienced, I guess, in, in, in dealing with those kinds of emotions, but at the same time educating yourself and putting yourself through, university is tough for anyone at any age. What kept you going and, and looking yeah. after yourself?
2: Yeah, I don't think I looked after myself. I was very destructive, actually. I was, uh, yeah, very, very self-destructive. But there was always something in me, um, and I don't, I don't know what that's called. I really, I really don't. But there was always, I, you know, I, I think I was brought up fairly well. Um, you know, the intentions were there, and there was always something in me that wanted to do well, do good. And when I say do good, I mean as in not sort of fail and become Mm. you know I wanted to succeed and I always put myself amongst safe and people like my friend's parents I lived with my friend's parents during university who I'm still very close to now and I always put myself amongst people that were safe and would help me and I wanted to succeed I really wanted to um,
1: and, and I, I might add into that. For as long as I've known you, you've always been really good at that, though, Claire. And you are such a grafter as well. You, she's faced quite a lot of things, but in the face of all of these things, she's just kept going. You mm. are really good at doing that, aren't you? Uh,
2: I, yeah, I, I, I hope so. I mean, there's been quite a lot of falls along the way, but there's something in me. I, I can't explain it. There's something in me that there's like a gut feeling that I know I've got to get there, and. Yeah, I've just I've worked hard. I guess I've really worked hard to get there. So, and you know, hard work pays off. I really believe that. Yeah.
1: So, what did you do when you came out of uni? Then, what was your journey from that point?
2: I um, I moved to London, and I couldn't afford. I, I wasn't a designer anyway. Um, from doing a fashion degree, I wasn't. I wasn't a great designer. I um, I've always been really good at admin. I love organisational skills and. I got a job as a PA to um, the head of a merchandising company on Great Portland Street, and the money was so much better than all my friends that had gone into the, de- the design rooms. And I couldn't afford to move to London on a design room job. Um, and I wasn't strong at design. So I yeah, I took admin roles within fashion companies, which I loved and was great. And I'd met my husband at that exact same time um which was a, a a really really obviously wonderful cinderella moment it was fantastic vulnerable years i was very very vulnerable because i was as i say let loose on my own i was in this massive city and you know i met my prince charming which sounds quite sickly but it, that mm. is how i see it that's how it was it was They were magical, magical years. And that's why I think I crave London so much. I'm still desperate to get back there. So, so much so.
1: And we were neighbours in London. That's how we met, wasn't it?
2: (laughs) Kat was in the top floor flat of a very high rise mansion block. And we were in the basement well the ground the ground floor not basement the ground floor flat and uh, yeah I'll never forget those stairs all the way to the top
1: <laughs> but she always came back down them drunk <laughs>
2: yes and always the last to leave Always, oh, I remember you throwing me out of a party once like Claire you have to go now <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's not even lying that did always happen
0: <laughs> oh dear. yeah they
2: were great days great days
0: so from there what what did you you didn't get married
2: straight away uh no uh well three years later we got married um mm. yeah so you've been together for since you were 20 no i was such i was 26 so we've been together since 2003 I don't know how long that is. I'm, maths is not
0: my strong point. 17 years. yes, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. We've been, we're still together. He's not as fun That's anymore. He's really boring. <laughs> oh,
0: they never are. Yeah. <laughs> I remember not long ago, we wore some very cool t-shirts at Well Life Tribe. Um, it's okay to not be okay.
2: It's okay not to be. Yes, it's okay
0: not, be. It yes. okay not to be. Yes,
2: the statement mind tease, Yes, yeah, that came about. My children's headmaster put on um, a two-day mental health awareness course, and uh, and very weirdly, I am fascinated by mental health. I just, I'm just, I just love the topic, and I went on this two-day course. It was on a weekend, and what staggered me was the amount of male suicide in the uk the 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 suicide rates and it broke my heart that men still still cannot speak out that is such Mm. a stigma attached and i don't know if this is because i I always say it's because i'm a scorpio it's because i'm a scorpio i'm very passionate about things once i get a bee in my bonnet that's it and i just became really really passionate about this so me being me, oh, what can I do to save the world? Oh, I know, I'll do a t-shirt campaign. And I did, and it went really, really well. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was hard work, you know, for very little ret- financial return. But that's not the point. The point was I felt passionate about it, and I did it. Um, and it was really aimed at men and lifting the stigma, just mm. lifting it. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be thin it's okay not to be coping it's okay not to be super happy you know it's okay and to lift the lid on this because it is still a taboo and it drives me crazy and I hate to think of men still suffering still not being able to go do you know what I'm not coping do you know what this is all too much do you know what this should not be happening in 2020 so Mm. that was the aim and the passion behind it of course I haven't saved the world but the intention was there and I I just you know I'm fascinated in in this work
1: and I think Mm. as mothers of sons all of us actually it is something we want I would want my son to speak out when he as he is now and as he grows up I want him to be able to talk about whatever he wants to talk about you know and do you try I mean I don't know about you I try to sort of start the honest conversations as early as possible you know like well I don't start them he asks me questions but I'm much more honest I think than probably our parents were oh
2: god yeah you know like
1: he'll often walk in the kitchen going you know what is something some sort of question related <laughs> that my mum wouldn't have wanted to talk about, my dad wouldn't have wanted to talk about, you know. He's I've just allowed him to watch something on Netflix that he probably shouldn't have watched. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes in and asks me a question, you know, like
2: Well, I, I think I, I do get it a bit. I think I'm a bit too much that way because obviously my son is 12, nearly he's 13 in September, and I'm obsessed when he's gonna hit puberty. Obsessed. So I keep on saying, anything growing, any under <laughs> arms, any anything happening down there? And he's like, mum, for God's <laughs> sake, stop. You know, I'm just try and be like really open, maybe a little bit too much. Maybe need to curb it. I you know, I beam I mean, you
1: and Max up because he loves talking about it.
2: <laughs> I just love it. You know, I just want to be so, because my, my parents were so closed. And, you know, I remember starting my periods and being terrified to even, oh my God god I remember the sanitary pack that came home from from school and I remember placing it in the kitchen and running upstairs because nothing was talked about nothing was right it was so embarrassing so I you know I I, always make a joke about something there's lots of humor (laughs) whether my children appreciate that or not I think it's funny and you know it gets us talking
0: but well exactly my son's just been he's homeschooling obviously and he's just been doing a uh, printing out of the uh, printer downstairs well wow. you should have seen my eight-year-old's face when all these pictures of willies and uh, fallopian tubes were all falling onto the floor downstairs she was like what's he doing mummy? he's printing pictures of willies yeah. well you wait till you're in secondary school and you learn about all this stuff but we do, we talk about everything, everything. And you're right. They're reluctant, but at least they know that, you know, the conversation is left open for when they're ready to do it. My parents were like you actually, and I used to find it embarrassing, but now, oh my gosh, we, we talk about absolutely everything. It's quite disgusting, but it's much safer. (laughs) It's a much safer place. I feel they're not like you say then they're not feeling I could go to them about everything yeah they know far too much but but that's a good thing
2: I think I would be devastated if either of my children had a problem Mm. and they couldn't come to me about it
0: Mm.
2: um you know I do encourage that they can talk to my friends as well you know I always say you can go to so and so or so and so but I would be really hurt and mm. disappointed in myself if I felt they couldn't come to me with a problem. And I always say, nothing is ever that bad that you can't tell me. And of course, it could be really bad, but mm. I don't want them to ever think they can't come to me.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'd, would be judgment I, as well as absolutely. a parent. Absolutely.
2: And I just wish my parents had said that to me because you know I'm a massive worrier. I worry if I'm not worrying about something, but. Yeah you know, I just, I just want them to know that they have always got that safety net.
1: In your life, you say that your, you know, your mum was your, you know, the biggest influence in your life. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah. I mean, my mum and I didn't, we, she kind of died at a really awkward time, which is quite annoying, actually. (laughs) She could have planned it. But, um, you know, it was my teenage years and she had two very successful catering businesses um, and she threw herself during her divorce and her illness, she threw herself into business, which now I can understand, you know, as a, as a mother, uh, as a parent, uh, you know, and as a, as a, my own business owner, and I love my business. I absolutely love working for myself and I love working. Um, I can understand more, but at the time it, you know, she was ill they were my teenage years when I needed a mum more than ever. And she wasn't an emotional woman. She wasn't able to talk about feelings. She was very much put up, shut up, you know, stiff up a lip, get on. There was no emotion ever. Um, But, you know, having been asked this question for the podcast, when I, you know, you said, you know, who's been your inspiration? It actually is my mum. think when I had to really think about that because she started from nothing. She started, um, broken, you know, from going through a a divorce. She wasn't close to her own mother. She had no brothers and sisters. She literally started from zilch and she built it up and she trojaned on, um, and was very successful. And yeah, I think I wanted to prove to her that it was always in me. I knew I had to do this. I really wanted to do this, but obviously, you know, children came in the way confidence massive laxes of confidence um but deep down I knew I had to do it and I wanted to make her proud and yeah I'm so glad I've done it I really and I know she would be proud I know she would be really God, really
1: completely proud of you totally in mm. terms of like the rest of your fam, so because you live near your dad now as well don't you you yes. have made up with your dad, haven't you?
2: Yes, yes. So my dad lives around the corner, which, you know, he, bless him, I moved him to Cardiff from living in Nottingham for 50 years, which was a really tough move for him, actually. Um, he's registered blind, and he's very deaf. And it's lovely. It's been a real source of comfort for me, having that parent around the corner. Not, And I'm not being disrespectful here, but he's not much of a parent in terms of, I parent him really, Mm. but he is my dad. And I think when you suffer loss and you have a massive amount of time away from somebody and you grow up and you, you learn to accommodate and adapt and make use of what you've got value, what you've got. And he is my dad. And then, you know, now we are very, very close. You know, I really love my dad and I love having him um, around and close by and, yeah, I, you know, I really he's, value it.
1: He's a lovely man, actually. I remember when I came to your wedding.
2: <laughs> yeah, he
1: is. I think I spent he a lot is. of my time with your dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's a saying here in Penarth: everybody loves Ray, and they actually do. He is like a little mini celeb. He knows everyone, because he, he's a real gentleman. He really he's is.
1: super friendly, but then so are you, so you can see <laughs> where it all comes from.
0: Oh. Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores.
1: you gave up alcohol, didn't you?
2: I did. How long has that been for now? Well, I actually started on Christmas Day, so it's four months and probably two weeks. I've lost the amount of days, so I set myself a challenge. Um, I woke up on Christmas morning and I felt a bit groggy, and I was really annoyed with myself because I wanted to really enjoy Christmas with my children, and Sophie was nine uh, last Christmas and Joseph 12 and I just really really didn't want to be hung over and I woke up a little bit groggy and I was really annoyed so I thought that's it I didn't drink I just didn't drink I didn't drink the whole of Christmas or New Year and I thought right how what can I do what can I do to make me push on and my cousin's son um, is fighting leukemia he's only nine and he's had two um, bone marrow transplants well he's had one from his sister and a top up from his sister and it's been very very touch and go and it was over the Christmas period he got taken into hospital again and we really thought that was it and I thought right I can do a fundraiser. I'm going to do 100 days of no alcohol uh, and raise money for Finlay and his little GoFundMe page, his mum, Gemma, my cousin, had set a target of £10, bless her. She doesn't ask for anything. Mm. And when we started, when I started it, it, was on £70 and it's now up to £700. So, um, you know, I was really, really chuffed to, to get them up to that amount. And yeah, I've just carried on. It's not been easy. <laughs> it really hasn't been easy. <laughs> oh my God, especially homeschooling. Good God. Um, But the benefits, the benefits have really rung true and my productivity, my mental health. So, you know, more energy, much calmer, much, much calmer. Um, I am a very highly strung person. I'm like Roadrunner, I don't really sit down. But I have noticed I've been calmer and more present for my children. And, you know, as much as I love my business, I am first and foremost a mum. And that is my top job. That's the job I want to get right um, as best I can. I really don't know what I'm doing. Waiting for the manual. It's never arrived. But (laughs) (laughs) seriously, where's the manual? It's been nearly 13 years. But my top job is being a mum. And I want to get it right. And... uh, God, I loved to drink. I was a massive, you know, being as small as I am as well, I can knock it back, but it floors me. Um, And yeah, I just, I think also I've just remembered the big thing is my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer at 45 and I'm 43. And the big thing for me is as I'm approaching that 45 mark, I'm getting more and more terrified because I just feel I'm next in line. My mum's mum had breast cancer as well. So yeah, I feel that I'm next in line in that, uh, you know, awful thing to happen. So the 45 year mark for me is is a real frightening milestone. So I thought, you know, it's highly linked, drinking, alcohol is really linked to breast cancer as well as other cancers and other awful things. So yeah,
1: I don't know yeah, whether uh, I will... you have to remember it's, you know, it's stress as well. And, you know, yeah. you, you are managing yourself. And you You're are good a good with... person.
0: You're good in... with your sleep as well, aren't you? Oh, I,
2: I just love sleep. I should have been a cat. I, I, if I come back in another life, I'm going to be a cat. Grey tabby, mm. by the way. Nice grey one. <laughs> um, with green eyes, preferably. But, I, yeah, I, I'm coming back as a cat. I love sleeping. I
0: love it. And, and that's, that's huge. That's a, a good rich it, to have. Is isn't it okay? Is it okay to yeah, yeah, love? I it's good. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's
0: really good for you. We had that really?
1: conversation online the other day and you were like, God you get up early. What I said, Yeah, but I go to bed early. I go to bed about ten. You're like, well I go to bed about ten <laughs> <laughs> How many times Kat, have I asked
2: you? So what time do you go to bed? So what time do you go to bed? You're like 10 o'clock. For so about 12
1: years, she's asked me this question.
2: <laughs> it's like, why can't I do this? Why can't I? If I go to bed at 10, I'd still not want to get up at certainly not 5:45.
1: What is wrong with you? No. Hey, I love it. It makes me feel oh, good. I, I want can't to lie see in. If I lie in, I feel like crap. I can't do it i can't do it i can't do it and i can't i just like getting up because i know i'm like running to this is my me time and i'm gonna run with it for a couple of hours and also i love reading books and i like just having that because i think when you're up with everybody i can't do all of that stuff so at least if i know i've done it then i've had that moment and that's good it's my good thing
2: if you can imagine a sloth getting out of bed I'm kind of that's, that's what we're me. talking mm-hmm. that's but I want to be like you I want to be that up with <laughs> when the you birds. grow up. when I grow up when <laughs> when I'm big <laughs> I do I really want to be that person with their coffee at like 6 30 just listening to the birds and no one's talking to me this is what I dream of but it's never quite happened
0: no it's Maybe very it grown up I'm in bed now
1: so. <laughs> You actually are. I agree. The dogs come
0: in, so it's the only quiet place I can escape from the kids and the dogs. So I get in bed to do podcasts. But I love bed. But I know it is borderline dangerous for me because i literally i could just sleep all day absolutely love it but the longer i stay in bed the less you know i do feel guilty if i'm here too long my daughter's a really good sleeper too though but it's when we've been doing sleep workshops and so on and i started to realize how important it is i mean fairly recently shift patterns doing shift work was uh classified by the world health organization as as a possible carcinogen so if you are having those interrupted sleep patterns and that's I mean deadly it's 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 definitely connected to those chronic diseases so that's a really good thing that you sleep like a green-eyed tabby cat (laughs) (laughs) I told you I'm not doing well in lockdown
2: I need releasing Um, (laughs) I, I do notice if I don't get my sleep or enough sleep I am very emotional very you know very emotional everything you know you can just look at me the wrong way and I'll cry. I, I'm just
1: need sleep.
2: Some people do, some people don't need a lot of, you know, and I do need a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was just counting from ten to the time that you wake up. I've quite a lot of sleep. I don't go to bed at
2: ten. I don't go to bed at ten. I'm lights off eleven justifying myself.
1: Yeah, I need to turn my light off earlier so going back to um your work and what you do now because you've been doing it and you're you're, you know you're doing really well as well you know you're always doing something i see your posts all the time you're always doing some really good fashiony things in terms of your kind of clients you know like and i love the way that you say that you know it's not about the trend of fashion Mm. but what is it about um again
2: it it really is about Um, helping people it's it's about I'm really lucky because my clients tend to become my friends you know Um, and I think that's because I'm quite personable I, I love people I'm fascinated by people I love meeting new people and they come to me because they want help they come to me because they haven't got a clue or they come to me because they feel rubbish about their image and how they look and we do lots and lots of talking. And I think because I've been in the industry so long, so my first job was in the design room of Paul Smith, head office, Nottingham, at the age of 19. I've been in this industry a long time. And I, you know, when I say I'm bored of it, I don't, I don't mean I'm bored of what I do, but trends, that is just a cycle. They come and they come and they go and they come and they go. You know, it's, it's cyclical. Whereas when you're meeting people and you're talking about their individual needs, It's new and it's fresh. And that's just the bit I love. I love helping somebody raise their self-esteem and their confidence. And the tool that I just happen to use is clothing. And I love fashion and I love color and I love people. And it just all seems to come together. But that is the tool I use. And people come to me because they know that I'm a stylist and that's what they're booking in for. But it's not about, oh, my God, you know, you should be wearing blue you should be wearing you know this jacket you should be wearing these kind of shoes it's not about that because you have to dress that individual and what you have to do is match their personality and most importantly their lifestyle so there's no point me saying to a really busy school-run mum wear these stilettos when she's got a pram and a toddler <laughs> and a school kid well i mean that's just ridiculous that is absolutely ridiculous it has to match their lifestyle and also how do you really like to dress you know so, so for most women comfort is very very important it is for me It's mm. absolutely you know i've got this dress and i've got my slippers on underneath this desk i'm not going to wear stilettos around the house it's not going to happen So it's about these are the jigsaw pieces of style that I bang on about you know what is your body shape and we don't talk in apples and pears that's just crude we're talking about your body lines (laughs) are you contoured or are you straight and most women are contoured curvy I'm straight curvy down below straight on top you know so what fabrics are going to fit your body lines and if you know stylists that aren't trained don't know this stuff and that really winds me up because if you put somebody in the wrong fabrics they're going to feel fat they're not going to be able to move they're going to feel awkward you can instantly tell when you put somebody in the wrong garment either because it's not their style personality or it's the wrong fabric they will freeze if you put somebody in the right garment because the the fabric is correct and it's matching their way of loving to dress their face that literally they will light up, they will swish, they will move, they will make a little squeal of delight. It's knowing the jigsaw pieces of style and how to dress that individual for that individual. It's not about you, it's about them. But it's crucial to have your training and know what you're talking about because you are dealing with someone's life and they are spending money and they are relying on you to get it right. But you have to listen to them it is not about the trends it's not about your preference it is about what that person needs and what they want how they want to represent themselves to the world but i will repeat fabric is king you have to get your fabrics to go around that body that person's body lines their shape
1: yeah no, that's interesting. Mm. I um, The one thing I've had done which I really enjoyed actually was having my wardrobe weeded and then having loads of outfits put together with what I already had so I wasn't yeah. sent out to buy a whole load more and I think I ended up having like 50 outfits made of what I had and I was just like this is amazing and I thought that was a good investment because There were tops that I'd had in there for ages that I just had never worn. And then somebody came along and just matched them with other bits and pieces. And it just just made up a whole new wardrobe out of an existing wardrobe. And I really enjoyed that experience.
2: And you realize actually, and I always say less is more, you don't need loads of clothes. And when you shop your wardrobe, as it's called, you know, shop your wardrobe, when you actually go into that wardrobe and you have either do it yourself or have some help, and you recreate, get one top and pull out a skirt to go with it, pull out some shorts to go with it, pull out um, a pair of jeans or some tailored trousers, whatever, choose some key pieces. I've never worn this. I don't know what to do with it. And lay them on the bed. Build some outfits out of it. Take a photograph of them so you can remember them. But you will realize how much you actually have. And less is more. If you've got tons and tons of clothes, it's confusing. You've got to have time to rifle through them. It's overwhelming. No one wants overwhelm. And that's why I say you need you don't need a load of clothes you've got to have clothes that work for you and that you enjoy and that you know what to do with but less is more a capsule wardrobe so if i say to somebody right you know if i go through their wardrobe with them we only make an essential shopping list and that is only to put pieces in that will complete an outfit it might just be a belt or it might be a jacket okay you've got this top you've got these lovely trousers you've got the shoes and the bag what are you going to wear on, you know, a cardigan, a jacket, a blazer? What are you going to wear? And it's putting those essential pieces that will complete the outfits. But less is more. You do not need loads of clothes. You just need to be wearing what you've got time and time again in different ways. And this is sustainability. This is what we really need to be working towards. I'm a huge advocate of getting rid of fast fashion and buying quality over quantity Mm. You know, but there is still a huge gap in the market. You know, we we are not there yet, but we've all got awareness is key. If we're all aware of not feeding fast fashion, not buying, you know, a top that we don't know who's made it, how old they were, what conditions they were in, how much they were paid. You know, buying, 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 endless buying with labels still on, still in the wardrobe. You've you've just bought it because it's cheap. Mm. Um, we've got to stop this we've got to buy what we love what we know works for us and wear it again and again and
0: again i
1: think that's so important oh sorry go liberty no i was just
0: gonna say that's so important and it's i think still awareness of that is at quite a low level and i don't think people are as aware as they should be of how damaging that is and I mean it's one of the most damaging things that we're doing to the planet this fast fashion thing the amount of water oil everything that we're using to make this clothing I mean I probably only a couple of years ago I first found out about it at you know 44 years of age but I was shopping with my 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 nieces who are 18 and 16 and we were talking about it and it doesn't matter really to them at this stage but they are the ones who are just buying 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 and it's, and it's because um, it's affordable to them it's because it's yeah. so
2: so cheap yeah you know
0: and i kind of hope
2: in a way this whole lockdown period will we will have had to have shopped our wardrobes more we will have had to have looked at what we've got and we will hopefully have come out a little bit more resourceful you know unfortunately lots of brands have you know had to shut down I I do think there's going to be a knock-on effect of brands and the high street certainly the high street is going to look very very different and I really really don't want everything to be online because I think it's such a lovely experience going into a shop touching feeling hopefully getting customer service you know i really want that to continue but i want Mm. it to continue in a quality over quantity way and i want people to have a conscious buying mentality you know why am i buying this do i need it you know how has it been made what is it made of Mm. we've really got to get these conversations going And I did collection.org last year, so I didn't shop anything new. I didn't buy anything new for three months. And it was really hard, um, especially towards the end, because I was quite fed up. um, And I really wanted a few new pieces. But it really has made a difference to how I shop. I buy what I really need, and I try and buy something that I absolutely love, and I know I'm going to keep for a long time, instead of Mm. that whimsical, Oh yeah, i love that. Oh yeah, that's the end. I better get one of them. But you know, I've stopped doing that. And yeah, we've just got to keep the conversations going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It must be true. Sorry. I think it's so true to say about lockdown in terms of we aren't really buying anything now. And I think we've realized that we just don't need stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you think about what we're wearing, I'm not really wearing hardly anything that I own at the moment. But also, I am—you know—I've done a bit of spring cleaning and all that, and I—I I, I just know that I think what we do know is that we can pretty much survive on what we've got right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and much less than that. Yeah, but also, I've—I've I've really had to dig deep again in
2: my wardrobe because I've wanted to find something different to wear. You know, the days have been quite long, and you know, you've got a bit more time to actually go for a rummage and go. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about those. Oh yeah, I'm going to wear that. What can I wear that with? And just, you know, it's made me try a few new things I sorted my shoe thing out whatever it's called box out and you know I pulled out a pair of shoes that I completely forgotten about And it was so great it was like yeah I've got a new pair of shoes and they weren't new I just hadn't remembered I'd got them so Mm. a little bit of organization has come into play and I know everybody is sick to death of oh make use of this time you know reinvent your life reinvent your garden reinvent your wardrobe there's been a little bit too much of that preaching going on but I have been able to find a new pair of shoes that aren't new. they just seem new to me
0: Mm. I've only needed sort of tops because all I've done is talk to people on zoom so I haven't worn anything on my lower part of my body No, <laughs> no I, I, you any you know, <laughs> I hope so you <laughs> you. Oh. I'm like Porky Pig he doesn't wear any pants does he <laughs> Claire it must be quite an emotional thing so people um If I imagine myself meeting with you to have you as a personal stylist, it's quite a a soul bearing thing for me to say, you know, to truly talk about, I guess people have to explain how they see themselves to you. Usually there's a little bit of disconnect there because people are cruel about themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, How you see yourself is often so different to how you are actually perceived by other people, um, which is why I think it's so interesting. and, And it's such a gift that you're doing this counseling to enhance what you already do. But then again, what I'm interested in for you is that the end result must be so satisfying. People must just be so happy when you can connect with them and and find the the, the key to what they were looking for, why they came to you in the first place. Do you still see people long after you've worked with them and, and they still look amazing or are they like me and they're not really <laughs> have any fashion sense at all? <laughs> they they do come back, which is
2: lovely. Um So like I say, I build a relationship with them and that's really, really satisfying. You know, it's, it's a lovely feeling. So I've got one particular client in mind who was actually a, a young girl and she sort of lost her way a bit. A mother got in touch with me and she was really worried about her daughter and um, she used to have really unique sense of style, a really great unique style and she completely lost all her mojo and I worked with her and you know, the the emails her mum would send me, you know, oh my God, she's got a job now, she's doing this, she's got to uni, she's doing this, she's doing that, you know, she's, it's just lovely and that's the bit I love. That yeah. is the bit I love. So, when I say I'm not really that bothered about trends and you know, this look or that look, it, it's the people, it's helping people. I just love it. It's massive job satisfaction yeah.
1: because
2: you, you know, to get it right, you need to know those jigsaw pieces of style and you've got to have kind language your semantics are so important and again i'll go back to you know back in the 90s or whenever it was those cruel cruel cutting words very very damaging and we've got to you know you're dealing with someone's vulnerability and they've come Mm. to you for help so Mm. it's 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 not what you say it's the way you say it um and just trying to build somebody up but yeah you know some people I try and give them tools so that they don't need me but I get I also get a lot of um medics and what I've what I've realized is 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 the way our brains work you know you get very logical people that aren't very creative and you know I'll say so why can't you do this you know we've talked about this and they're like I just that's not what the way my brain works you know I think in this scientific ways you know mathematical ways I need somebody creative I need you to just just show me what to do just tell me what to do and that's okay that is okay like I need an accountant because I can't I can't add up my fingers you know and that's okay it's I guess it's just pulling on the people you need because we can't be everything
0: yeah yeah You sounded like me in homeschool, actually. Why can't you do this? What's wrong with you?
2: (laughs) Oh, no, it's when they're doing art. It's like, oh, my God. No, no! It's outstart again. And I get that, like, that taking over pushy thing, like oh god that that curve is so bad that curve you know I just want to like move out move over
1: (laughs) terrible
2: the beast in me comes out oh yeah colors out of the lines oh my god
1: why are you using orange
2: not at all not at all and like what is wrong with you
1: Terrible.
0: Terrible.
1: Well, Claire, I could talk to you all day, and I have done for many years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure we'll invite you back in for another podcast. So if people now want to find you in lockdown, where can they find you?
2: I am heavily on Instagram. I am
1: basically (laughs) addicted to those unhealthy squares.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't look at today's post. It's a shocker. But yes, Instagram all the way, baby. I'm an what, Instagram Do you want to
1: tell everybody the addresses of everything? Where uh, I for. am
2: at Claire Jacqueline, personal stylist. No, I'm not. I'm at Claire Jacqueline, stylist.
1: At Claire Jacqueline. Oh, so site. nobody's gonna find her now. So um... <laughs> I don't know where I am, I don't know who I am. i haven't had lo- a drink for four and a half months.
2: You <laughs> in down for seven weeks. Release me.
1: And you oh. have a website as well. And what is it you're doing online at the moment? I'm offering very, very
2: discounted wardrobe edits. So if you want or a style consultation, so we can go on Zoom um, and you can take me through your wardrobe with your camera, your iPad, your phone, and we will declutter. We will talk about what's in your wardrobe and get you some new outfits to, um, you know, create looks out of what you've already got. Um, Mm. or we can just do a style consultation. We can talk about your jigsaw pieces of style. You can talk to me about where you're struggling and we can work out a way of getting you back up on your feet and yeah.
1: You know, it's all doable. It's probably a very good stepping stone actually if you've never ever done it before, because it's a smaller investment like you say, isn't it? And it's probably before we all get out of here, it's probably a quite a nice thing to do for yourself
2: yeah and you know making it affordable much you know I I am discounting it. it's not the same as being seen in person it really isn't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even go there saying oh yeah it's just as good it's not the same that's why it's heavily discounted um so if it's of any use to anybody and they want to have a go or get in touch here I am (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh claire it's lovely to see you and to hear your voice finally i love following you on instagram you've got a really cute dog too I do, um so I, do. I like looking at your dog I um do. and you <laughs> always are so beautifully dressed you've put oh. me to shame and um i think i might go and put some trousers on now i might go and get nice. into bed you
2: made me want my bed now
0: <laughs> <laughs> all toasty and warm. Uh, I've actually got to go to the pond and get some pond water for my tadpoles. Oh, tad gosh. We'll
1: hear more about those tadpoles <laughs> next week. Yeah, that's <laughs> that will not be crazy up. at all, is it? That's not crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, we're all totally normal here. <laughs> Claire, you've been lovely. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure. pleasure. Claire. Take care. Take care.
2: Speak soon. Bye! Bye.